good time of the day, and welcome to another episode of When I, and when I Say I Mean. I am your co-host, Austin. And I am your co-host, Adrian. Yeah, we'll just move on. Adrian, <laughs> any, uh, I saw you most of this week, so any, any exciting times in the times that I did not see you, or in the times that I did see you? Uh, it was Halloween, yeah, if you so forgot. The... <laughs> I mean, Thanksgiving. What? I said it was Halloween, and when I say Halloween, I mean Thanksgiving. It wasn't Halloween. It was Thanksgiving. Yeah, so basically I did see you the whole, almost the entire time since last we recorded, because we recorded, what, on Tuesday, yep. and then I saw you we Wednesday. left on Wednesday. So, through Monday. Yeah. So then... Did you do anything yeah. yesterday? Yesterday. I worked. Cool. And then played some board games. And then went to Chipotle, and then basically went to bed. And wow. And then today I went to a coffee shop after work, and then got some sushi and watched Jeopardy. Okay, I support the Jeopardy, but um, do you do you often eat sushi? Hmm, not often. I mean, more often than I have ever in my life before. Okay. That's not hard, I, though. No, but I do like some sushi, so it's good. It's good stuff. Interesting. So, respectively, it's been rather lackluster since when we were actually together. Work's been kind of crazy, but that's to be expected, I suppose. Yep. Um, we were in Kentucky at her grandmother's mm-hmm. house for Thanksgiving. It was nice. I actually technically wasn't even at my grandmother's house. That, oh, yeah, that's it. true. I didn't even do that. Well, c- mate, kind of. Didn't you go to the new cabin thing? No. I don't know what mm. I was doing, but I blew it off. Wow. That oh, sounds... and so to re-weigh in on the pork belly versus pork loin debate, Yes. Uh, Charles from Maytown is on your side. He says the pork belly is outside of the pork loin, but the pork belly is the unedible part so That's we all agree saying. that the pork belly is unedible but we right. disagree as to where the pork belly is in relationship to the pork loin so just some context <laughs> to this random con- con- uh, conversation um we we have most thanksgiving what we have for some reason dubbed the mystery meat which <laughs> is that was just me in a car like the, <laughs> it will be we should not call it that. Meeting. No, I, I don't like that. Okay, so usually we have some kind of interesting meat. Uh, people get upset when I tell them that we don't have turkey for Thanksgiving. We did have um, turkey. Not this year. We didn't. No. When did you think we had turkey? <laughs> On the Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> no, we had ham, pulled pork, and pork belly wrapped. I thought for sure turkey was the first option there. No. It was some of the best turkey I had in my life. It was pulled pork, dude. (laughs) Uh, Wow. Anyways, so we don't usually have turkey. We have had turkey in the past, but we usually have other things. We like to pretend we're English gentry and have pheasant. Uh, Yeah, we've had pheasant That was only once. Yeah. And this year we had a delicacy, which is... 
What I am saying is the loin wrapped in pig belly. But me and Zach from State College say that it is pork belly wrapped in pork loin. Regardless, the the belly part is basically so it's so just pork fat. belly. Well, it's it's what bacon is made out of, but just not uh, cured, cured and and cut like bacon is. So imagine just like trying to eat a really thick uncooked piece of bacon, like unfried piece <laughs> yeah. of bacon. Yeah. And that's the pig belly that we were eating. Um, the pork loin the, was good. The loin, the pork loin was was very good. It was kind of weird if you're a texture person, um, but it was very tasty. It was also weird to have this conversation over text. <laughs> just imagine getting, getting a text that just says, <laughs> belly wrapped in loin. <laughs> and uh, that was an experience that I had for so the first good. time this week. Yeah, so what are some things that we did in Kentucky? We played lots of games we played a lot of deception uh-huh. a lot of spyfall mm-hmm. 006 um mm, just spyfall but yeah i'm trying to make it sound more <laughs> like uh wants to be james bond but isn't quite right right um we ate a lot of food yep we ate all the buckeyes which was victory all of the buckeyes um played football mm-hmm hiked Yep. Chatted. Watch football. It was good. Yeah, it was a good time. Drove a lot. Yeah, we did drive a lot. I am I am thankful to not be driving a lot. Agreed. It's good to be back. Um, what was your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Uh, my favorite part of Thanksgiving was just a conversation that I had with me, my Uncle Phil from Turner's Creek, and my cousin-in-law, Brandon, from somewhere. Um, Also, I've learned that uh, different languages have a real word for cousin-in-law. Really? Yeah, so I wish we had that word. I just call cousin, usually. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, wish we had a word for it. I mean, we call our uncles-in-law uncles. I wish we had a word for that, too. I'm just going to stick with us. Every, everything would be much more precise if we had words for that. I think it's We okay, should have though. different more, words for our different cousins, too. It's more familiar and inclusive. It depends. I, I think like, it's nice. I don't know. I feel if I feel like everything would be simpler if we had about forty different terms for our relatives. <laughs> That's like the most Austin statement you could have ever made. Just think how less ambig ambiguity there would be. Yeah, but the fact that do, do you not understand the hilarity of the comment that you just made? I know. Good. I just want to make sure that landed. <laughs> I I said it to be to be. Uh, incongruous so good good i'm glad that we're on the same page good um thanks for asking what my favorite part was um i for, i totally forgot where we were I was, oh and we just had a conversation about uh oh, you the church talk about the conversation and uh what it means to be faithful um 
What was your favorite part of Thanksgiving? Um, that's a good question. I think I enjoyed our hike and getting to hear stories from our aunts and uncles in their growing up times, hearing old stories that I already knew mm-hmm. and hearing new stories that were just somehow new when I think that I know all the stories, but I have clearly, I'm sure there are many more stories I yep. don't know. Um, so that was enjoyable. Um, and and it's just always nice to be, uh, I, th- I think I, as the years go on, hanging out and spending time with our cousins just continues to get better. Yeah. Um, there's always that like threshold of like college slash graduation where like everybody kind of levels off on this playing field and so like my cousin daryl who is i don't know 10 plus years older no probably just 10 years older than me how old are you yeah he is 10 years older than you yeah he's 10 years older than me when i was six and he was 16 that gap is huge but now that gap is much smaller i mean Mm -hmm. obviously he's Mm -hmm. in a different stage of his life but we're both grad students yeah, but that gap is is feels so much smaller now, which is yeah. always a good uh, and makes it more enjoyable, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was also a a good. I I also want to say I I really enjoyed making coffee for everyone. I thought when Mom told me that I was in charge of bringing coffee, I thought that mm-hmm. was in an official capacity. That turned out to be, not be true. And that was just a way to get me to bring coffee, um, mm-hmm. but I I I had fun. Somehow I became the official coffee person at our house, because um, I I think I'm like Aristotle, in that I I have the golden mean of coffee um, in our household. Um, so <laughs> I enjoyed carrying that that role over to uh thanksgiving as well i just i just want to point out that you have now i know i thought about that immediately after (laughs) i said i was the aristotle of brewing coffee you have now called yourself aristotle and socrates on this podcast you're welcome plato i'm coming for for you next keeping score at home oh so good classic wingers Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. anyway tuesday though I did way more interesting things than you. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> it's probably fair, though. I went to a uh, presentation on different holiday traditions, specifically Christmas celebrations throughout the world, mm-hmm. uh, presented by the Newman Club on campus. I didn't know we had a Newman Club on campus until one day we were having a Bible study, and then they kicked us out to have their Bible study. Both nice. of us knew that we existed at that moment. Nice. How how is that possible? I don't know. That What's I didn't the Newman know. Newman Club. The Newman Club is it's they're like the Catholic version of Campus Crusade, kind of. Just broad strokes. That's an okay way to think about it. Yep. Yep. Um, and when I say Campus Crusade, crew is uh, That's just the same thing. just. Crew is not how it, it. That's their new name, right? Anyway, it was interesting. Uh, the first was 
there's a Orthodox priest who's from Bangladesh now in Potsdam. Because mm-hmm. Potsdam's weird. So we talked about Christmas in Bangladesh, which is really interesting. And then Martin from Potsdam also talked. He's British, so we talked about Christmas in Britain. And let me tell you, you may think that things are going to be weird because they're British. You have not begin to think they're weird because they're British. Uh, what does that mean? So they eat uh, Christmas pudding, as you would expect, mm-hmm. and you put... Is pudding just code for dessert like it pudding is Pudding is code for dessert. you yeah. got to get your put on after Christmas dinner. Uh, but there, there's a just bizarre tradition of pantomimes um, where they have, like, characters in drag... Though they don't yeah. call them that because it like predates drag. Mm-hmm. There's uh, weird like adult versions of Peter Pan, where Tinkerbell is like this angry like old fat woman. Hmm. It's it's <laughs> it's very strange. There's horses that talk. The audience is booing the entire time. Um, it's just very weird. That, uh, that seem maybe that's just a a European tradition because I was talking to my friend from the Netherlands and they he was telling me lots of things that seem similar to that. There seem to be a lot more Christmas parades in Europe than there are in America. Christmas parades, let me tell you, they have them in New England. Do they? Yeah, I didn't know that they were. A that's thing. weird. <laughs> what are they I like? S- I don't know. I've never been to one before. Oh, go. But I might go to one this Saturday, so I'll tell you all about it next week. Okay, great. Um, um, but yeah, it, I was like, aren't parades for like the dead of summer? Yeah. Or but apparently they're for Christmas time. Memorial Day. That's the dead of summer. What am, what am I thinking? Veterans Day. There we go. That's not summer. No, but the, you have parades then. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, to seamlessly transition, some American traditions for Christmas include watching the same movies over and over again. Uh, So we're going to talk about them? First off, I would like to just majorly qualify this episode by saying I've seen almost none of these movies. Um, Alana from Pittsburgh. In front of you? No. Alana from Pittsburgh sent... I just know that there are movies that are Christmas movies that I haven't seen. Sent me a Snapchat mm-hmm. referencing Christmas story. And I'm a like... Christmas story? I don't get this joke at all. I've never it seen this movie. It's pretty good, actually. Is it? Because it, it seems bad. No, I like... I will, So what I was re- actually saying was that the Snapchat was pretty good. But the movie is also pretty good. I enjoy it. Okay. So uh, why do we watch all these movies... And what makes them, if we were to rank them, how would we mm-hmm. do so? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's um, what you wanted to talk about, but that's what it seemed like. Kind of. I, I just threw a lot of ideas at you that none of them were really coherent or full ideas. So, um, I think, is what was your questions again? Uh, why do we watch these movies? And if you were to rank them, what would be your criteria? Okay. Um... I think I, I also want to add what the, what is the point of Christmas movies, and maybe we'll get to that later on. Were you planning on getting to that yeah. later on? 
Yeah. Okay. So what? What? Am, why do we watch Christmas movies? I think that we watch Christmas movies uh, the same way. The answer to those two questions, I think, are the same, and that is sentimental reasoning. I, I don't think. I mean, I guess I really like Christmas movies, but I think Christmas movies maybe even uh, points back to what we were talking about mm, last episode, two episodes ago, when we were talking about nostalgia. When two was that? Two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. The, the Christmas movies for me remind me not only of Christmas time, which is usually a happy time. But it also reminds me of people in which I'm watching those Christmas movies with. For instance, I have really become a big fan of the Christmas movie White Christmas, which I had never seen until college. But the reason I like it is because it reminds me of watching it with my college friends and enjoying those times. So that's why it brings back those memories. Also, it's pretty good. I mean, isn't, isn't it like a Frank Sinatra musical? It's Bing Crosby musical, oh, so you're okay. you're pretty close. Was... Um, Bing Crosby is really good, and he it's enjoyable to That's listen true. to him sing. So it's worth that, anyways. Um, let's see. Also, a Christmas story kind of fits into that slot too. Although a Christmas story is pretty funny. What happens in a Christmas story? People I was actually trying a to... pole and shoot their eyes out. I was trying to figure that out. Does today anyone ever get their eye shot out? Um, kind of, but not really. Um, I don't really remember what the point is, to be honest with you. I haven't seen it probably in two years. So, but it's kind of funny. Um, I think my favorite, all-time favorite Christmas movie is definitely Charlie Brown Christmas. Amen. And, again, I think that the criteria for that is because of sentimental reasoning. I think that it's my favorite because it's probably the one I've seen the most. It's the one that reminds me of watching it with my family. We would watch it at Thanksgiving uh, that that time for some reason because we had it. Well, no, um, no, we had Christmas. There was Thanksgiving Day and Christmas Day at Thanksgiving. True. We've dropped that's Christmas true. from Thanksgiving yeah. in recent times. So I think I think that's how uh, I would rank them. I didn't really talk about that many Christmas movies. Maybe that's okay. But I think why do we watch Christmas movies? I think that because we don't since we don't watch them year round, they are very special in the idea of here's a special time that you set aside to do this. And a lot of times you're doing that with family or friends and it's usually associated with happier memories around Christmas. Although, I realize that that's not always the case for people, so I don't want to yeah, assume that's but the case So, like, why does the specific canon of Christmas music, no, Christmas movies exist? Who I knows? That, I, I don't know, because, and so that was kind of one of the questions I was asking the other day when I was texting you about what mm -hmm. to talk about, is, like, what makes a classic Christmas movie? So I would say I would say Charlie Brown's Christmas might not even make it, and I mean I think it is oh, a classic. Oh, fight me! No, no. Listen, I would say it's a classic, but I don't know if everybody else does. I don't know. I don't want to speak for everybody else in what their classic Christmas movies are. Some people might consider like um, Year Without a Santa Claus or 
Santa Claus is Coming to Town as Chris, classic Christmas movies. I have no idea never what these are. <laughs> they're 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 very they're stop motion animation like Rudolph, but they're not Rudolph. They're very different. By the way, I'm trying to be less pugnacious in this episode, so sorry for challenging to fight you. Okay, that's okay. Um, but Rudolph, I think, is definitely a classic. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is a classic. I wouldn't consider Elf a classic. I don't know. I don't. I think it's in a different realm. I don't know what makes it a classic. I don't know what does. I think, like, in some ways, it's just got to be old. That's a fair argument. And, and, like, I don't think Elf is old enough. When did Elf come out? Probably almost, like, 20 years ago now. I don't know. It can't be 20 years ago. I bet it was 2005 or something like that. No, I believe that. Um, 2003. Okay, that's pretty close. 15 years. Yeah. Uh, that could be classic after 15 years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the ruling is. To but me, anyways, how would you answer those questions? Yeah, so to me, there is... Well, we'll get to that later. Uh, what was the first question? Why do we watch Christmas Why movies? Why do we watch Christmas movies? Um, I don't know. People feel like they need to do things with their families over Christmas, and they don't know what to do, so they just watch movies together. Very cynical answer to that question. Um, I don't know. That, that's, that's what it seems like to me sometimes, yeah. I just had a thought. So, yeah. um, it's possible maybe we watch Christmas movies. Ooh, I just thought of another Christmas movie which I really like, which is Home Alone. It's a great one. Why? It's funny. It, okay. Just the first one. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'll be you honest. You might not like it, but I don't. Um, maybe we watch Christmas movies because. We want to ignore our own Christmas traditions and enjoy other people's Christmas traditions that are, like, happening inside the story. No, I agree. I, I feel like they're, they're like, a, a sanitized family to revisit year in, year out. Um, mm -hmm. Again, a very cynical answer to why we watch Christmas movies. But to me, that's, like... Why do we watch a movie on New Year's Eve, which we have not done in a long time, but it's like, oh, we've got like three hours just to sit on a couch. Let's pop on a movie. And it's March of the Penguins, and we're all asleep. <laughs> and Cordell King is there. I mean, Cordell from Mount Joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. You know what else I found out the other day? What? That not everybody just sits around and watch movies on New Year's. People like go to parties and stuff. Some people are lame, and those people I think are us. We're the lame ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I think of yeah, anyways, we're not talking about New Year's. We're talking about Christmas. I mean, they're kind of they've they've got flow. Um, anyway. So that's my very cynical answer to why we watch Christmas movies and how it, how the criteria for me ranking them. Do you have it, a less cynical view or is that your only view? Do I have a less cynical view? Some of them are yeah. nice. Um, uh, some of them are, are, are very bad, though, and we watch them out of obligation to 
this is I feel like we need to watch these, so let's watch them. It's like the mm-hmm. it's like the civic religious practices of Christmas. Like mm-hmm. oh, you have to watch Rudolph or it's not real Christmas. Ugh, Rudolph is terrible. Fight me, Rudolph. Yeah, sorry. Debate with me, Rudolph fans. Um I do like Rudolph. Like the only the only fun character in that is what's his face? Hermie. No <laughs> No. Yukon Cornelius. Cornelius. He's one of my favorite characters. He's in all the movies. best character. Anyway, um, how I would rate my criteria for Christmas movies is uh, it's it's balancing the civic and um, I would say spiritual divide of Christmas and like mm-hmm. trying to come to grips with that. I think that's the that's what makes a Christmas movie classic. So get out of here, Elf. Get out of here. National Lampoon's Christmas Day. Maybe It's a Wonderful Life can stay. Probably. But, boom, number one. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's Christmas special. The greatest Christmas movie of all time. Of all time. Um, you know what the else greatest is really scene for Christmas movies? in that movie Go ahead. The music. Yeah. And another vote. Another vote for Charlie Brown's. Christmas. Amen. But go ahead and finish what you're saying. The greatest scene in that movie is Charlie Brown is kind to come to terms with what Christmas means and says, "Is there anyone who can tell me what Christmas is all about?" And Linus, the theologian, walks up and says, "Well, sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about." And boom, lights, please. Bam, the Christmas story, and it's just like wow. This is, to me, that's what makes Christmas great. It's trying to balance, or that's what makes a good Christmas movie, because I feel like a lot of people are Charlie Brown at Christmas. We're there, thinking about Christmas, and it's like, this should be more than going around, buying gifts, and spending money we don't have on things mm-hmm. we don't really need. We don't need um yeah and that's the juxtaposition right because the whole the whole movie yeah he's he's trying to he's being told it's about commercialism it's about mm-hmm. buying things it's about materialism even and his he, own dog right he d- that just doesn't sit well with him he has to figure out okay what is the actual meaning of christmas and it's all set to an amazing jazz soundtrack it's so good people i was listening to it on record yesterday. i was very jealous Oh my goodness! It's a little spoiler for my uh, recommendation for this week. Okay, but, <laughs> but so no. Good. To me, Charlie Brown is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Maybe it's a Wonderful Life, though. I should watch it again because I went in ludicrously biased the first time I watched it. It it really is sad that I think I'm the only person in our family who likes It's a Wonderful Life. Anthony and Alana probably do, so I'm sorry. I apologize for them for throwing them under the bus with the rest of my family because usually they're a little more well-receiving of things than the rest of us can be sometimes. <laughs> what? Um, okay, you could maybe put the Grinch there. Yeah, the Grinch... By the way, that was another thing I wanted to talk about, too, is the... The original Grinch. Is, right, right, right. But right now, so there's the new Grinch coming out. Yeah. I have a lot it's of It's already for out. It. It's already out. I have a lot of hate for it. Interesting. I, I think there's just there's a lot of 
there's a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Teeter tottering. Dispersion, <laughs> differences and of opinions, but it's very polarized. I feel like where people either are really excited for the new Grinch or hate its guts, which I'm in the hate its guts category. Hmm. So. Once in my life, I watched the non-animated Grinch movie. That was one of the worst things I think I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Just to weigh in here, I have almost no opinion on the new Grinch movie. Okay, that's great. But I think I think the reason why I hate it so much is because the old one was perfect. Mm. And, again, it has this idea... It, it Oh, it's so good. And, like... Going back to what you were saying about why Charlie Brown is so good, the Grinch has the exact same thing. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. the Grinch says, I'm going to ruin Christmas by stealing all of their stuff, stealing all this fake stuff that we think Christmas, what makes Christmas important, the gifts and the decorations and the, the trumpets and the, and the rooter toot tutors. And, like, these things are great, right? Like those You actually things... nailed that reference. Thank you. These things do make Christmas great, but then the Who's Down in Whoville come out and the, the one of the greatest move moments in like the history, not to take anything away from Charlie Brown's Christmas, but it's so good. And they go out there and they just hold hands after they have no presents and everything's gone and not even a crumb left for the mouse. And they just sing about how great Christmas is and it doesn't matter because they have each other. And I'm just so excited about thinking about it. Um... And that's what Christmas is about. And then, and the, then Grinch the Grinch's heart Grinch grows by four it. times. He says, that's it. I've, I'm the Charlie Brown. I've been trying to figure <laughs> out what's <laughs> what's wrong with Christmas, and now i found it. And now not only can I like join in in this joy that the Who's have, I can share it by bringing back all the Christmas cheer. Wow, I'm so excited. But see, it's perfect, right? Now... All of this new Grinch comes out, and who knows, maybe the Grinch, maybe it's just a shot-for-shot shot remake, and it just is with Benedict Cumberbatch, and everybody's going to love is it. Is it with Benedict but Cumberbatch? It is, and I what? keep telling people, no, you're blinded <laughs> by the fact that it's Benedict Cumberbatch that you think is going to be great, but it's not. It's not going to get the right message. We're going to fail. I don't know. I probably can't say this because I've never seen the movie. I don't know what the new movie is. But but the point of the Grinch is not to is not the Grinch, right? Mm -hmm. The the, it, 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 the story is about the Grinch, but it's not about the Grinch. Ooh, great! Ooh, awesome! We forgot to mention another great Christmas classic Hit that also it. follows along this same one. Um, wow! The, it just blew my mind. The uh, the, the the ghosts. And Tiny Tim. Oh, a Christmas Carol? A Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. Yeah, classic. Right, but these all fall in the same vein, right? Thanks, Where Dickens. It's, like, um, it's not about Scrooge. It, the point isn't Scrooge. The point isn't the Grinch. It's about why Christmas is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe the new Grinch has that, and I just don't know, and I'm just the cynical old man who likes to sit in my traditions. But I, I'm concerned, because I think that they're going to miss the, the point of the Grinch. I also like that people were not afraid to keep it a tight 30 minutes <laughs> back in the day. It's true, uh, it's true. Let's have more movies like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, 
so to prepare for this, something that I thought of while I, w- while I was thinking about Christmas movies, because I've seen it much more than I've seen many Christmas movies, is uh, the TV show Community, an NBC sitcom starring uh, Donald Glover and Alison Brie, who is Diane from <laughs> BoJack Horseman. I was just thinking of it like, wow, just saying that sentence, like, how is Community not my favorite thing ever? It's not not my favorite thing ever. I don't, I think the problem is is that Jeff is the main character. No, is that Donald Glover is not the Donald Glover that you love. Yeah, no, he's still Troy at that point. So yeah, yeah. Um, but really, you should love the show because it's just amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so what they what community likes to do is genreify episodes. So their their second Christmas episode is um their Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer style, basically. Um there's musical numbers, uh they're all silicone dolls with felt bodies and glass eyes. Um they just look they they look like they're from Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Um and so Community had a, a an interesting ending to that, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I disagree with it or not. Like, I don't, I don't know how much I disagree with it. Um, I think, so I, I had seen it probably years ago at this point, but I had not remembered that this episode took place. But I watched it right before this, so and and very much enjoyed it. I think more interesting than. Personally, I think it's a great. I think it's a great Christmas. It is special. Like right. It's one of the. It's like the best Christmas episode of any show I've seen, and I think it's. I think it stands. Like a peg below, Charlie Brown, and The Grinch, but like mm-hmm. I think it's better than Rudolph. Oh, it's definitely better than Rudolph. Uh, when you're looking for like. The meaning of Christmas type yeah. story. If if, you're, if that's what you're looking for in your Christmas movie, because that's what they're looking is. for in this Christmas special. Right. What I was gonna say is, I think what's better than the ending is when his friends get kicked out of the Winter Wonderland. Those are the moments that I think are the best part of that movie or that show. So basically, the plot of the episode is that. Abed, for some reason, has who, like, always imagines himself in a TV show, right? Um, which is hilarious because he's in a TV show and mm-hmm. it's just funny. But anyways, in this episode, he's imagining himself in a claymation Christmas story. Um, basically, they end up in a, a winter wonderland, and he is on this journey to find the meaning of Christmas. Um, and so all of his friends are along the way, and the the way that he pictures his friends are just amazing. Yep. Um, and and the it's so good. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail, but um, slowly but surely his friends like are are kicked off essentially, kicked out of this journey, like in a to, in a Willy Wonka and a chocolate factory yeah. type way. Because they have, they are expressing things that are against the meaning of Christmas. Um, so first is um, Shirley, 
mm-hmm. and she she is forced to leave because she is making she is trying to keep Christmas to herself and and making it her Christmas and not allowing it to spread to everybody else. Um, next is Jeff Winger, and he he's not next. No, it is. I just uh, Jeff is just uh, Jeff. Austin can't stand Jeff, which is to be fair. Um, he gets kicked out because he's too sarcastic and cynical, um, and that's against the Christmas spirit. Next is um, who's next? Is Britta, Britta next? Mm-hmm. Britta is next. It brutal... gets real in the, in the cave of frozen <laughs> the cave memories. Of frozen memories. Um, she gets kicked off because. She, what was the reason? And this, she had ulterior like motives for Christmas. She what? Like, she had ulterior motives for Christmas. She was there right. not to find the meaning of Christmas, but to force Abed to be in therapy against his will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she gets left behind. Um, Pierce just leaves because they run out of cookies. Yeah. Um because he's only there for the cookies and then Troy and Annie are there to the end. Troy and Annie are there to the end and then they help Troy and him. Annie are the best. They are the best. Those 3 I think are the yeah. best. Um and then they help him defeat the evil warlock, the wizard war, uh, the winter warlock. Which is John Oliver. Uh Right. <laughs> by the way, the cast of Community has uh they've has done, done well since Community. And some of them did well before. If you Chevy Chase. Oh but, yeah. Um, he didn't think it was funny, but what does Chevy Chase know about comedy? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, he gets to the end. He gets to Santa's workshop, which looks just like Santa's workshop from Rudolph, but is dilapidated and ruined. And he's opening up this present that says this is the meaning of Christmas and he keeps opening it, he keeps opening it and it's one of those like gag gifts and he gets to the at bottom of it and inside is season one of Lost. And so, and, oh, what does he say I think that's Lost? a great, he says it's a metaphor for a lack of payoff but I disagree with him. Um, I think he later disagrees with himself also. I could talk about Lost for a long time but we should finish this summary. Well, okay, but did you want to add anything more about what his connection to Lost, or you want to do that later? Um, we'll do that later. But only stick to his connection to Lost, not anything further, if you can do that. Oh, what is his connection to Lost? <laughs> that's I'm gonna, what I'm saying. I'm going to bring my own okay, person that's right. to I'll that. finish the summary. Then he, the, the evil wizard warlock, winter warlock shows up, and he's like, I went to your dorm room, and I found this card. Abed earlier on the train, the winter Polar Express train, was telling them about how every year his mom would come back and they'd watch Rudolph the Red Red Nosed Reindeer together. And the warlock comes back and he says, I found this card that's from your mom and it says, Sorry son, I've got to have a new family and I'm moving on. I won't be able to make it for Christmas. And they realize why Abed is so upset. They always watch Rudolph together. Yeah, his mom won't be able to watch Rudolph with him. And so he gets trapped in a frozen frozen prison. And then his, his friends, friends show reappear. Up. His friends come up out of nowhere 
and fight back against the evil warlock and fight against their own problems that prevent them from loving Christmas and save the day um, by singing and shooting him with Christmas weapons. Um, and singing a song. Yeah. And anything else you want to add? Um, so they had a like an appropriately postmodern uh, meaning of Christmas, mm-hmm. appropriate for the show, um, mm-hmm. where they're they're really um, saying like there's a difference between like Christmas as the advent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the act- like the holiday Christmas. And that Christmas, in the civic sense, is valuable because people think it is valuable. Yeah, um, he says the meaning of Christmas is that Christmas has meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is okay. It, like, I disagree with that as the true meaning of Christmas. Um, but I, I like the... the desire for Christmas to be impactful for people. Mm -hmm. So what does Abed say about lost? Because I don't remember. I don't really remember either. He talks about how it's a metaphor. He says it's a metaphor for lack of payoff. But then he whispers like, thank you, lost. He says, says, I love lost or something like that. uh, As everyone's hugging him. But I love Lost, and so I'm going to say it, it is not a metaphor for a lack of payoff, but it's a metaphor for discerning the, what, the things that are, are, that are meaningful. Um, because I feel like, to me, Lost is a long Christmas special in the way that I like Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is on this island wandering around saying, like, what does all of this mean? And people watching the show are watching it saying, like, what does all of this mean? Who knows? Can anyone tell me the true meaning of the island? And John Locke says, I can tell you the true meaning of the island, Jack Shepard. And so John Locke says, um, in my favorite episode of Lost, spoilers on the way, uh, the life and death of Jeremy Bentham, Locke writes to Jack, I wish you had believed. Um, so the the key to the, like, you, you need to have faith in the island, essentially, is how the show kind of ends. Um, and that made a lot of people mad because a lot of people wanted the answers from Lost. They wanted things to wrap up. Um, Evangeline Lilly actually recently gave a really great interview about the end of Lost that you should check out. I'll try to find it. Um, But anyway, I I think... So to me, what Lost is a metaphor for is that when looking at Lost, you you can't get caught up in... You can get caught up in the mysteries and what's going on in the island, but that's not what's actually important to Lost. What's important to Lost is the characters, how they interact, and how they how they relate to the island um, and each other and themselves. Uh, And so, 
yeah, that's what I like about Christmas specials, right? It's not mm-hmm. about the consumerism or trying to be grumpy all the time or sarcastic or forcing your friends into therapy. Um, it's about focusing on your friends and your family and for me, our relationship with God mm-hmm. and what Christmas means to that um, and being thankful for it and um, really appreciating the what we have with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it I think it goes back to what I was kind of saying in the in the last episode about how the story points to the greater truth or the greater story, right? I think a good Christmas movie and even this Christmas special from Community, right, is pointing to some the, the truth that underlies the true meaning of Christmas. And so whether it's the the who's gathering together um, or or Abed realizing that even though his mom, he's no longer has his mom or his true family, he now has his friends or his this new family. It, it points to the fact that we do have a new family. We are mm-hmm. welcome. We have a community I would say through Christ, right? Because of what Christ has done, no matter what background we come from, no matter what our household look like, whether our Christmases have been terrible, whether our Christmases have been great, we can come together united by Christ and and experience that lovely Christmas experience mm-hmm. no matter what. And so whether you have Charlie Brown and Linus who are you know, basically proclaiming that directly, or you have community, which is not really proclaiming that, but proclaiming part of that truth, I think is what makes like a really good Christmas special and a really good, like that's the true meaning of Christmas in a sense is, is how can you point to that community and that love, that family, no matter what your background is, no matter where you come from and what your experience is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I watched uh, a one, It's a Wonderful Life, very cynically the first time, I was like, this angel just shows up. Nothing changes. He just feels better about the miserable life that he's still in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, I think that's, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that's the key, but it's like, that's the point. Like, yep the external circumstances haven't changed he, it's just he, his view of them is different his priorities are different and they've been um recentered um and that's what makes his life wonderful not that uh he has an amazing job or that evil guy is still running the whole, whole town mm-hmm. um like that doesn't matter because his focus has changed mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that's what makes a a good Christmas movie. It's, I think I it, think it should be recentering. Yeah, it's something that takes and that and that's a Christmas a Christmas carol or a Christmas carol as well, right? Yeah. Um, it's taking Scrooge out of his 
out of his world, gaining perspective and saying, wow, okay. He It's the same thing. He goes back yep. and his situation hasn't changed, right? Nothing has changed in his circumstances, but now he has seen something that changes from a different perspective that changes how he sees the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that changes how he interacts. It, it, it's the same thing with the Grinch in a lot of ways, right? Yep. Yep. He's also viewing something from a different perspective. Charlie Brown is like, okay, yeah, this consumerism doesn't really matter. Um, and Charlie Brown transforms his entire society. Right. As does and the Grinch, as does Scrooge, Scrooge and whatever his name is. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so maybe that. And, and Abed, too, right? Yeah. Like, in the end, he he helps he as going through this journey he helps the rest of his friends put aside their snarkiness and bitterness and and so so, to me that's like that's christ's message for us so Mm -hmm. good christmas stories reflect christmas yep and they, they show the challenges of Christmas while reflecting the truth of Christmas. And in, in some ways, even even the cheesy ones, the ones that we don't even wouldn't consider classics, are still pointing to that in some small ways, right? Like, like what? I, I mean, even Elf is that way, right? I don't know. The I've seen Elf of... once. So, I mean, I don't really know all of... I, I'm going to get some of this wrong, but like... Elf, there's there's a lot of family things that he's trying to find his family. He's trying to be connected with the family, and like the famous line is like, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing a song for all to hear or something like that. And essentially, they come together as a community, and enjoy Christmas. I'm not saying it's the strongest message, but it's there to to some extent. Um, what he else bullies Peter Dinklage in that movie, right? Yeah. Okay, rude. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think that would be my... It's not really a challenge. I guess just a, a thing to think about when watching Christmas movies is think about what am I taking away from this? What am I supposed to take away from this? Maybe you don't want to do that when you're enjoying Christmas movies. But I think, like, how can we think about Christmas movies and... If you want to think about, okay, how is this pointing to Christ? How is this pointing to the the ideals and the and the freedom that we have in Christ now? How is mm-hmm. it pointing to those things? Or if you don't want to think about that, but just like how does it um, point us to, to something greater? Um, something outside of ourselves and outside of the materialism and, and other things of that so often haunt Christmas in, in many ways. Ah. It's a Scrooge joke. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. Um, you could, you know, you could potentially watch um, Lost for Christmas. For example, there are polar bears in Lost. Polar yep. bears Spoiler are alert, associated with Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The themes, similar. Yeah. Lost is much longer than 30 minutes, though, so look Just out for tad. that. Just a tad. Well, do you have any recommendations for us this week? I do. Um, 
so I'm going to start with um, going back to um, which I haven't done for a while recommending hip hop albums I haven't so um, no name I haven't recommended for a long time even mm-hmm. though like so I told Adrian the other day that I think she's the best rapper in Chicago right now um, so I don't I think Telefono is better than Room 25, but I've listened to Telefono more. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're both good. She also uh, features on like all of Chance the Rapper's best songs. So um, if you're into that, she'll, she'll be there. Um, second recommending is uh, DiCaprio 2 by J.I.D. It came out like this week. And uh, you remember when we listened to Untitled 2 by Kendrick Lamar? Maybe. And it was, it was like that weird trap-ish. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was just like, I'm going to do some triplet stuff. Yeah. For funsies. Yeah. Yep. This is, and this it was is really weird. Yeah, J.I.D.'s album, DiCaprio 2, is basically Untitled 2, but trying, and... Like faster, hmm. uh, so it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm a fan. It it's so he's from Atlanta, so he's like taking the triplet flow and like like the Outcast legacy seriously, which I don't actually think Kendrick was on Untitled mm-hmm. and Master. Like I feel like in some ways he was just making fun of triplets um, right. on Untitled and Master. Um, but it's really great. He's not at like, so he challenged, um, TDE, which is, um, Kendrick's label. So G J I D is on J Cole's label. Um, and J Cole and Kendrick have been like the two hip hop purist standard bearers recently. So anyway, that's why I'm comparing him to Kendrick. I usually wouldn't because I consider Kendrick to be in a different league. Mm-hmm. Um, so JID, I he might he's a great rapper, um, but he's not as coherent, like albumly coherent as Kendrick, um, mm-hmm. or as individually deep. But it's still like it's still great though. Um, right. Anyway, uh, third thing. Sorry, I'm taking all this time. Third That's thing. Okay. I watched, um, so remember last week when I watched First Reformed? I mm-hmm. thought it was really great. Um, so I was. I still haven't watched it yet. Yeah, work on it. Uh, <laughs> I was doing research on the writer, Paul Shearer. Learned that he went to Calvin College. Um, mm. he's, he was born in Grand Rapids, and guess what nationality he is? Dutch. Nailed it. Um,. That's a little Grand Rapids trivia for y'all. Anyway, <laughs> um, he wrote the movie Taxi Driver in 1976, directed mm. by Martin Scorsese. So I watched Taxi Driver, and it is like, it's an incredibly relevant movie to right now. And so he said it was a, he based the screenplay loosely on his own life, which I was like, really? Um, 
the diary of this one guy who assassinated somebody Wallace, who was a presidential candidate, and Notes from the Underground by Dostoevsky. And I was like, Pfft. wow, as if I wasn't already going to watch this. Um, so it falls into like the the really like niche subgenre of crazy guy writing a diary mm-hmm. works, which I really like. Um, Notes yeah. from the Underground. Um, the adolescence may you could maybe he doesn't really write a diary in crime and punishment but it's i think it's it falls into that same kind of feel invisible man i think counts um first reformed is definitely crazy guy writing in a diary mm-hmm. um the book i'm reading right now um silence so just like i really like the crazy guy writing in a diary subgenre um, and this is definitely just right. It's it's like I can tell this guy has like likes the the things that I like. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it was it was weird, but it's like I say it's relevant because I feel like it addresses like incels before they were a thing. Okay. Like, it's a movie kind of about that um, before they really existed. And and it's, like, it's about masculinity and redemption. Anyway, he rescues a prostitute at the end, and I'm like, classic Dostoevsky move. Anyway. It's kind of violent. Um, So, (laughs) uh, just look out for that. Uh, Anyway, fourth thing. I listened to a new translation of The Odyssey by Emily Wilson, and uh, so she is the first uh, woman to write a major translation of The Odyssey. And so in the, there was like an hour long, it was like an hour and a half long um, intro to The Odyssey, mm-hmm. which was actually really interesting, because like, I've already read The Odyssey, uh, but she talked about her philosophy of translation as well as why she chose to translate things some ways so she's of the school of translation that says you can't really have a true or natural translation because the translator is also a person and the language is different Mm -hmm. um mikhail shishkin says the same thing in a book i felt bad reading it because he says you can't really translate any word because each word has its own history and I'm reading it in translation. Anyway, uh, so she leans into the translation as adaptation, um, which which makes it really interesting um, and striking sometimes. Uh, everyone, People aren't servants, they're slaves. Um, so even, even like the New Testament, uh, the word slave is often translated to be servant um most translations of the odyssey do the same thing the heroic heroicism of odysseus is um kind of step back from so to see like his acts of violence as being just violent and not as heroic um everyone feels like much more raw kind of so it was, I liked it. Um, I'm, I'm like I'm not married to 
traditional versions of the Odyssey. So I, I thought mm. it was I thought it was a fun take. I like translation a lot. Um, so it, I wasn't surprised that I liked, but like a fresh, I like I love reading different translations, right? Because to me they're like adaptations. So and this one and this seems even more adaptation-y than translation-y. Right. If that right. And, like, she acknowledges that. So, like, First Reformed, um, he's, like, quoting this one book at certain times, and I'm like, oh, this is really, it's really interesting to see his lens of this, his take of this book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's it. Nice. So, my recommendations for this week. Um, listen to the soundtrack for Charlie Brown's Christmas, and if you have a chance, do it on a record, but it's just as good, even if it's not on record. I realize that there are people out there who, like, both hate, like, traditional Christmas music and jazz, so if you're one of those people, (laughs) then maybe not take this recommendation but maybe you should and then yeah, maybe you'll no, find you a new kindled rekindled love for both things if you're someone like me who like really enjoys both of them i guess maybe i can't say i really enjoy jazz i would be skeptical of that claim yeah um i enjoy listening to jazz i'm not gonna say i'm an avid jazz fan how's that sound yeah and that's fine but I do love Christmas songs and traditional Christmas songs and all types of Christmas songs. So I'll claim that. Um, so if you if you fall into that category or anywhere in between, really, you should listen to it. It's amazing. Um, let's see. Other recommendations for this week. That's kind of all I have other than kind of what we talked about already. I think, yeah, how do you, if you watch Christmas movies, how do we, what are we taking away from them? Let's, I, I think... I want to think more about what am I taking away from these movies? What am I, what am I, what's the goal of their storytelling? Um, yeah, I think that's one thing. Another thing too, I want to challenge my, both of us and myself, especially as well as everybody else is also like, we have been very blessed in our experiences with holidays, Christmas and Thanksgiving. And I was kind of struck by yep. that at the end of, what we were talking about in our, our conversation about Thanksgiving and looking forward to Christmas. I, I think that um, we can take that for granted and also assume that other people have also had the same experiences, and I think that that is wrong um, because not everybody has had those experiences. So I think a recommendation and a challenge for myself is, and everybody else too if you find yourself in that situation is like, listen to other people who haven't had that type of experience and, mm-hmm. and try to try to understand where they're coming from and not assume oh they have to love this or they have to love christmas or they have to love this time of year just because it it brings me so much joy and happiness it just is not necessarily the case for everyone so i i want to challenge myself as well as other people who find themselves in that place and 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 also think i don't know i don't want to make it too much about me but, like, think about how that changes my view of these Christmas stories, I think. Um, because I, I do think it does change. And even even watching Abed and them kind of talk about their experiences, mm-hmm. I think about that. And it's like that's very different from my experience. But they yeah. are still coming to um, a similar place. And so 
I don't know. I think that's kind of what I've been thinking about a little bit coming out of Thanksgiving and going into Christmas. All right, cool. Any other final thoughts? Uh, no. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy first Thanks. week of Advent. Yeah. Uh, do you have your candles ready? Uh, I do not because I don't have any candles. Fair. Well, if you don't know what Advent is, look it up because it's actually it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I, ha I feel like Advent is something that I have would enjoy more of in my life or rather have been lacking and it's good practice. I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts, but we can talk about that some other time. I have, I have thoughts for some other time. Thanks right, for joining sounds us. Sounds good. We'll see you next week.